microphone for anyways? There we go. Come on, the timer went off like, like 10 minutes ago. So like you all. So like you all. How many of you guys could go home now and feel so filled up already? Like, yeah. Hey, wait a minute. No, wrong answer. I was tricking you. No, no that was the only word that came to mind. I was, I was trying to tell Bree and Beth thanks. The only word I had to describe it was thick. There's just something. Isn't it nice to be in God's midst? Isn't it nice to step into an awareness, to have your eyes open that you're actually in God's midst? I, I like hanging out there. There's lots of other places I spend time, unfortunately, but I like being there. All right, once, once people start gathering back, did the kids leave any snacks for everybody? Probably not. I'm Chris, if you haven't met me yet. Some of you have... Yeah, had too much of me over the last week. We have some, I'm going to call you guys out and put you on the spot, but we have some visitors. These, these are some YWAM friends from down in Pismo, and they had to put up with 15 hours of me sharing with them. They are an awesome group, and it was, it's really cool to have you here this morning. So, welcome. And yeah, I see some other new faces, but we're going we're gonna to get moving. Let me bring you all up to speed. We've been going through a series called Brilliance and Beauty, the Life and Personality of Jesus. We've been trying to actually take some time and think about, wait, did, what if Jesus actually had a personality? What if Jesus wasn't just somebody that came to die? But we often know the answer to that question, right? If somebody said, why did Jesus come? We would say, or why did Jesus die? We have answers for that. But how many of you would have an answer if we said, well, why did Jesus actually live? Hmm, well, I guess he had to live to die, but is there anything beyond that? I might not be making sense, but so what we've been doing is we've been saying, hey, let's take some time and look at this Jesus as an actual person that we're in relationship with. What is he like? How does he act? How does he respond to people? What does he feel? What does he think? What can we get to know about him as a real person? Kind of seeing Jesus in 3D almost or putting the Bible into color. One of the passages we looked at a few weeks ago was Matthew 5, this whole idea of Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also, and Larry backhanded me, and it was really fun for him, and the smile on his face was just a little too rich, and um, what else happened? Um, What was the second one? Oh yeah, taking clothes, so somebody tried to take my sweater, and... Yeah, Jesus is actually giving a picture of somebody getting naked in a courtroom to expose the brokenness of the system that they're in. And we talked about that. And uh, the last one was go the extra mile. If someone asks you to go one mile, go with them a second. And we talked about how that's just not some nice customer service platitude. But that's Jesus saying, look it, once you turn the tides on your oppressors as the Romans try to make you carry their pack, actually go with them a second mile because the Romans were limited by their overseers, they could, the soldiers could only make someone carry their pack one mile, and once you went past that, the Roman soldier could actually get in trouble. And so Jesus says, no, just go that second mile, and actually you turn the tables on them, so that the oppressor is now the one that's kind of freaking out a little bit. And it's really brilliant, actually, of Jesus. We talked about Jesus' third way. When you feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, Jesus says, um, hey, 
let's sneak our way out. Is it A or B? And Jesus says, no. It's C. And it's really brilliant. Jesus is the most intelligent person that ever lived. And we followed that up, this whole being stuck between a rock and a hard place. We looked at the story last week of the woman caught in adultery. And this woman is thrown at Jesus' feet. And the Pharisees come and they say, Teacher, the law says you need to stone a woman like this. What do you say? But Jesus knew that if he were to go through with that, he would get in trouble with the Romans. So they're trying to trap him. And he says, all right, hey, here's the deal. You guys want to follow through with this? Whichever one of you is clean, whichever you is completely free of sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And without even doing anything, Jesus turned it back on them again. And just so brilliant. He's so smart. I'm glad that I'm trying to do life his way. Aren't you? So this morning we're going to look at another set of passages. Um, I'm going to need a couple volunteers again if I stay on my feet. We're going to look at some healing stories of Jesus. But what I want us to see this morning is that Jesus was not only about healing broken people, but he was about defying broken systems. Jesus was not only about healing broken people, he was about challenging the systems that break them. And it's really fun when you see this. Uh, Let's take a look at John chapter 5. You know what? Hold on. Let me just pause and step back for a minute. Holy Spirit, we want to go at your pace this morning. I'm excited, and I'm getting all ramped up, but I don't want to get ahead of you or fall behind you. Would we all just walk at your pace this morning through our morning? So as we share, as we look at these stories, would you help us to see ourselves in them? And more importantly even, would you help us to see more of you and the things you desire to reveal about Jesus? Thank you that we're already here in your midst, that you're already present among us. But we want to pause and just make sure that we're tracking with you because you're the whole point, Jesus and Father and Spirit of truth. May this not just be information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts. So John chapter 5, Jesus, the compassionate Jesus, he encounters this man. I'm not going to read this word for word, but I wanted them to put it up there just so you could see it's really in the Bible. Uh, I think it is. We'll just kind of pull some pieces out of it. Jesus is going up to Jerusalem, and there's a, a pool, and the name of this pool is Bethesda, and what would happen to this pool is, I guess the... The story is that maybe an angel would come down and stir up the waters, and whenever the waters were stirred, whoever actually got in and touched the waters, they would be healed. I know that if, there, I heard there's some hot springs out in Paso, that the waters have like deep healing properties. I don't know what you even think of that theologically, if anybody's ever been there. But I know, with me and my physical situation with food allergies and stuff like that, if I knew that all I had to do was go take a swim and I could come out and eat whatever I wanted to eat, I'd be going swimming. But this man, so there's this pool. Apparently, he must have seen people get healed at this pool. But he's been waiting there, the Bible tells us, for, what does it say, a few months? No, 38 years. He's been an invalid for 38 years. And Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had 
been there a long time. He said to him, do you want to be healed? Which is a very loaded statement we'll talk about someday. Do you want to be healed? That's not always an obvious question. The sick man answered him, sir, listen to this. I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. The man has been there for how long? He's at least been an invalid. He's been paralyzed for 38 years. He's been waiting by this pool. And why can he not get into the pool? Because there's nobody around that cares enough about him to help him get in the pool and get healed. So Jesus says, all right, you're whole. Get up and get out of here. Is that what happens? There's a little more to the story. Can I have uh, a volunteer real quick? Just because it's fun to share the front with someone else. Come, somebody come up here. I'm not going to do anything crazy to you. I'm not going to hurt you. You don't get to backhand me. I'm not going to backhand you. <laughs> Betty Fry, I need to warn you. You're, you're going to be lying down on the floor for a moment. Okay. Okay. But I brought something for you. This is your mat. Everybody, this is Betty Fry. If you don't know her yet, you're missing out. All right, so you had hip replacement surgery how long ago? So you, you kind of know. Is this disrespectful? I feel like there's something wrong with this happening right now. Betty, you're amazing. Take a little nap. Yeah, sure. Take a rest. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might need a real healing to get her up. <laughs> no, Betty, Betty has twice the energy I have. Betty has twice the energy in life I have, and she's a little bit older than me. So she's going to be fine. But, so imagine Betty knows that there's this pool over here, and any time that an angel comes around and stirs up the waters, that she could get healed, and she sees this happening. She's not blind. She just can't get there. And so Larry comes over, and he's like, oh, my arthritis is acting up, or my carpal tunnel, right? And so he hops in the pool and gets healed, and he's like, yeah, it feels so good to not have carpal tunnel. And Betty's like, oh, right? Every person that comes in and goes out, Betty's like, oh, I hate my life. And Jesus comes, and Jesus sees this person and says, hey, what you doing down there? <laughs> Do you want to be put back together? And <laughs> she's like, let me think about it. And so Jesus reaches down and says, get up and walk. Can we do that? <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> and it's a miracle. She can walk. <laughs> Somebody Instagram this and like pretend like it was a real healing. Um, <laughs> she actually had hip. How did it feel to be invalid for a while? After your hip replacement, how, how was it? How would 38 years of that be? That would be really bad. So all of a sudden, she can move. She can move. It's a beautiful thing. And so Jesus could just say, all right, cool, go have fun. Go play soccer. But you know what Jesus does? He knows that everybody around is watching this, and they know that it's a certain day of the week because this day was unlike any other day. They know it's the Sabbath. And so Jesus says, hey, by the way, pick up your mat and then walk. So go ahead. Why don't you take this with you? 
<laughs> go ahead and get on out of here. Um, go, go enjoy your, your mobility. Yes. Now, wait a minute. As she's on her way out, now here's the kicker, you all. How long was she lying there? 38 years. How many people cared enough to notice her to get her into that pool, to actually come and hoist her up and help her get to that pool? Nobody. Did Jesus need to ask her to pick up her mat and walk? Or could he have just said, go on your way? Was Jesus trying to stir something else up next to the pool? Because what the passage tells us happened next is all of a sudden, all eyes around them are on who? They're on her. They're on this healed person. And they're saying, wait a minute. Why are you carrying your mat? Don't you know it's the Sabbath? How many of you guys are like, are you kidding me? They say, why are you carrying your mat? Because this, she's breaking the Sabbath. She's doing work by picking up her mat. So 38 years, not a single person noticed. She gets healed. She picks up her mat, and all of a sudden, all the eyes of everybody around are on her. And is it to say, that's amazing that you're made well again. They say, who do you think you are? Jesus was trying to say something, wasn't he? He's saying, what a compassionless, broken system that we're dealing with. That you can let this person be there for almost four decades. And yet, within 30 seconds of her being weighed well, because she picks up her mat, you come and interrogate her and threaten to kick her out of the synagogue. In other words, boot her from community. And Jesus just weeps, right? Now there's another story we're going to tell. Thank you. Can I keep, I need this up here actually, but thank you. How does it feel to walk? <laughs> you, you wear it well, your new legs. But do you see what Jesus is up to? He's like, wait a minute, let me show you what's wrong with you all. You see, you think that brokenness is here, but let me show you where the true brokenness is. And there's another story with the same message, and we're going to look at that real quick. I need another volunteer. It's in John chapter 9. Can I get a volunteer for John chapter 9? All right. What's your name? Stephen. Where are you from, Stephen? San Clemente. San Clemente. Awesome. So you came all the way from San Clemente to hear Bree and Beth lead worship? Dude, good call. You came on the right day. I'm Chris. Nice to meet you, bro. Come on up. So this is not a small man. <laughs> I don't know if I should be doing this. <laughs> Close your eyes, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, and keep them closed for a long time because I need to run. Um, stay there. So similar scenario. Jesus comes, and there's a blind man. So let's, let's put the passage up here real quick. There's a, a, a very, he's not very, phys- not very vertically impaired. Um, he's just visually impaired. A very tall um, blind man that apparently works out. And <laughs> he has... He has a lot of time, doesn't have many other hobbies. So he's, 
And the disciples are passing by, and they see this blind man, and they say, Rabbi. And they want to get into a philosophical debate about his blindness. They're like, oh, why is this guy blind, Rabbi? Is it his parents that sinned, or is it him that sinned? And Jesus is like, are you kidding me? Like, the guy's blind, he's begging to make a living, and you want to turn this into philosophy? Interesting. And so, Jesus actually does what he often does. His answer is not his parents or him. You know what Jesus' answer is? Wrong question. But this happened, and God will be glorified through it, is really the closest thing that I've seen as far as from the Greek. It doesn't matter, in other words, what Jesus is saying. It doesn't matter whether it was his parents that sinned or him that sinned. Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, wrong question. But God will be glorified. And quit trying to make this about philosophy. This is about one of my children. And so Jesus says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Do you think the blind man's thinking like, ooh, light sounds really good. But he's thinking, wait, what is light? Huh. He's been blind from birth. Jesus is talking about light of the world. And this guy's like, um, I don't get it. But he will. Having said these things, now, how many of you guys have read this story and you're just like, now that is just really awkward. It's a good thing the guy was blind. Too bad he wasn't deaf, right? Because this is what happens. Jesus is sitting there. Keep your eyes closed, big guy. So Jesus is sitting there. And he could have just said, be healed or, or your sight is restored. Did Jesus ever heal anybody from a distance? If I were Jesus, I would have, (laughs) yeah, Jesus doesn't do that. Note that it's on the Sabbath, and this is what Jesus does. (laughs) We lived in China for five years. I'm sorry you're not deaf, man. Um, Jesus doesn't just look at him and say, blow on him or breathe on him or something. Jesus spits on the ground. (laughs) And he takes mud. He makes mud. (laughs) And he rubs it in the man's (laughs) eyes. (laughs) And and while I make my getaway, (laughs) his eyes are opened. And Jesus is hiding (laughs) and saying, don't follow my voice. (laughs) I'm so sorry, man. Welcome to Coastland's Vineyard. (laughs) His eyes are opened. (laughs) And he's so grateful that he doesn't even care about the spit and the mud and the, right? And then what happens? Once again, this man that was begging this man that was blind, that people want to turn into a philosophical argument, people come around and they start interrogating him. And they're not like, that's amazing, you can see now how many fingers? They're like, who did this to you? And we should be thinking, now there's some blindness going on, but it wasn't here, was it? Jesus is saying, let me show you where the true blindness is. You know how blind they had become? Why is spitting on the ground, a violation of the Sabbath. 
they had become so technical that to spit on the ground during the Sabbath was a violation because if your spit is of the quantity to which it would land on the ground and actually roll over in the dust, it was considered tilling the soil on the Sabbath. I totally wish I was kidding. And so Jesus sees not only an opportunity to heal one of his children, but to challenge the system that keeps him in the broken state that he is. Jesus says, wipes it on the man's face. And all of a sudden, there's this argument going on. And they're like, who did this to you? And they want to remove the man again from the synagogue because he says, I don't know who this man is, but apparently God's hand is on him if he can do things like that. And the Pharisees, instead of being grateful, instead of being ecstatic or excited, they're angered because they had come to a point where they were totally missing. Jesus says, let me show you all about true blindness. I didn't come just to fix the individuals that are broken by the systems, but I came to expose the systems that break them. Uh, I did save a towel for you. (laughs) Where did it go? Right here. Wife, can he use this towel? Can you go? Do you want it or do you just want to go to the bathroom? All right. (laughs) Give him a hand. All right, so to relieve any tension, um, we're good buddies if you didn't pick up on that already. Um, But I did just want to, like, add to the tension a little bit by pretending like I didn't know him. But, yeah, um, they're good friends of ours, so it's it's okay. Um, But do you see how kind of crazy, in a sense, Jesus is? That he's like, wait a minute, all you guys are watching, you don't care anything about this guy. Well, I know how to get your attention. And he spits on the ground and makes mud. Jesus was about challenging the systems that demean and destroy and deface human dignity. I was thinking about this as far as what this might mean for us. Um, I would like to hear from you all in a few minutes, but... But what are some of the systems today that Jesus says, now, this system cuts against the grain, cuts against the current of my kingdom, and you're called to be the type of people that don't just sit under it and become abused, become victims of it. You're called to be the people that stand against it and defy it. If Jesus was just simply a healer, not to degrade or to undervalue, healing, but if if all Jesus did was go around and make people well, do you think they would have crucified him? How many people do you think look at Dr. Greg and they're like, what a horrible man. He takes care of people in the emergency room. Let's crucify him. No, because that's not, he does a beautiful thing for humanity. But sometimes we think that all Jesus was about was restoring individuals, but we don't see that the thing that took Jesus to the cross was the fact that he had the guts to defy the system that put them where they were. So what are those systems for us that Jesus says, no, 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 don't sit under this. Don't let this break you. 
I have some ideas, but before I share mine, is there anybody that has something come to mind? This was really awkward. I have a pet peeve of having dirty fingers, but I'm just going to deal with it. I know, it's one of my wife's towels, though, and I don't, it's, it's all right, I can deal. But yeah, what, what do you all think? What, what comes to mind for you when we talk about modern day systems that, any thoughts? Um, Nadine, I'm really, really sorry, but I get to ask you to stand. I'm not sorry enough to not ask you to do that. Can you guys hear her in the back? Okay. Nice and loud, Nadine. Nice and loud. Earlier you said something, whether it was last week or this week, about she was a troublemaker. Mm. Was he a troublemaker? And I wrote down he was a rabbi. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking the first thing that I thought of when you were talking about the system was the criminal justice system, our mm. current criminal justice system. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Happy to hear it. Yeah, do you think that, I mean, tagging on to what Nadine is saying, is it possible that maybe some followers of Jesus need to take a place to actually show that in God's economy, justice isn't punitive, but restorative? What, what might that look like, you know? Um, Tammy. Nice and loud. Hmm. Yeah, you are, dude. We got to hear you, bro. Submit to the broken system.
That's, that was recorded, bro. That's awesome that you kidnapped somebody. It was a kingdom kidnapping. How many people can say that? Yeah, I, I kidnapped somebody for the kingdom. That's right. Yeah. Beth. Oh, sorry. Greg, the, the, the system upholder is saying, stand, girl, stand. I do too. Sarah and I both go to counseling. <gasps> Was that recorded? Yeah. <laughs> we want to be healthy. We value health. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Brandon, I'm just going to stay here like this spot. Yeah. Thank you. I, d I don't take that awkwardly because <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I'm on the same page with you. Yeah, yeah Susan, you, you get to stand, Susan. Can you guys hear her over there? Mm. <laughs> you don't want to stir that pot? Jesus does, huh? I know. Yeah. So if you're preaching this, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Let's listen to Jesus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Janie, levantase, por favor. Yeah. 
Um, one more, Al, and then I want to share a couple thoughts, and then we'll, who knows where we go from here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, thank you. I'll Betty wants to tag on to that. And then I want to. You're healed. Sorry. Betty, how dare you be optimistic in church? Um, <laughs> you've been healed, so she's, she's seen through rose-colored lenses today. No, one of the most a life-changing statement that I heard one time was, it was actually a question, and it's, if you want to know what you're called to, maybe a place to start is asking what makes you angry about the world. If you want to know what you're called to, ask yourself what makes you angry about the world because maybe you're being called to participate with Jesus in the restoration of that system. Because Jesus isn't just about sitting back and complaining about systems, right? And that's not what we're doing here. Jesus is about pointing them out to bring us to a place of shalom, of human flourishing where nothing is missing, everything is made right. He said, I am making all things new. That doesn't just include us as individuals, but the systems that we operate within. 
A couple more things for you to think about real quick, and then we'll, we'll draw it to a close. But do you think Jesus maybe has something to say to a system in which marketers and the economy is more about our children valuing their possessions over their parents or other people? Think about commercials and advertising and the fact that most kids' shows are just 30-minute commercials for some toy they want you to buy, right? And, but, or another example is, yeah, to be gentle, but not. The religious systems that insist on putting people into fear and God in a box. Do you think that Jesus wants to say something to systems like that? Or another system to think about is the, the corporate system or the American dream system that values financial well-being at the expense of physical, emotional, spiritual, and relational well-being. That's the one that hits me, I think. As I look at the lives of a lot of our, you know, a lot of our friends that kind of just have got sucked into this vortex with that idea that this system wants to draw you in and say financial security is the goal, financial well-being is the goal, and then you look at your health and your relationships and I know a lot of us get pulled into that and we try to pull ourselves away and we get pulled back in and pull ourselves away. What does Jesus have to say to a system like that? And how do we become the people that don't get sucked in and we can actually kind of help to pull others out? But isn't Jesus good? And isn't it nice to know that if you're thinking on this big picture that Jesus is actually with you in that or that you're with him in that is maybe a better way to say it. Um, sometimes we get kind of concerned, you know, is this just some pet peeve of mine? I would submit that all these things that you all shared about, these things that light you up or get you impassioned or excited or even angry, I would imagine that that anger doesn't originate in your heart. But it's Jesus sharing his heart with you. And that might be important. Sundays always go too fast. Um, I'm going to pray. I'm going to just pause for a minute and see if God wants to kind of open up any kind of specific thing for us to pray for each other into, and then uh, we'll, yeah, we'll close, close. Holy Spirit, help us to grab onto what you're doing that, yeah, you are about restoration on every level. I think that's maybe a way to summarize it, that you are about restoration of us as individuals down to the, the smallest cells of our bodies all the way to the biggest systems, that you are about restoration, and that you've called us and included us and invited us to participate in your restoration. So may we be the people that would spit when it's not necessary. Okay, maybe let me rephrase that. Um, <laughs> that we would provoke in ways that would open the eyes of people around us, motivated by your love, motivated by your goodness, that we wouldn't be sucked into the systems and the vortex, but we would be ones that speak your light and life into them. If there's anything else you want to say to us this morning, a direction you want to take us for ministry, then we, we open up to that. But we ultimately trust that you will be giving us wisdom, you will be giving us light and discernment and ways to move forward to make your goodness a reality on earth. Yeah, I think what we'll do is we'll just, we'll 
We'll take a few minutes. We don't like to ever end without people getting an opportunity for prayer, even if it's totally unrelated to what our talk was about. So um, we'll kind of continue. We'll do it similar we did last week, where if we have some people that have the time that, that don't need to get out of here quickly and are willing to pray for people, then if you wouldn't mind just kind of posturing yourselves on the side so people know that they can come to you for prayer. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. If you just want to get some encouragement or prayer, that's great. Um, if you, even throughout our time, have maybe gotten a word or a picture or, or have something on your heart for an individual in here, feel free to go to them and ask permission to share that with them. Maybe there's just somebody that's kind of been highlighted in your mind that God wants you to participate in encouraging or blessing this morning. Feel free to step out in that and ask their permission and just, yeah, share with them. So, yeah, um, let's do that. Yeah, so go ahead and, yeah, anybody that's willing to pray, would you mind just putting yourself up here for a second on the sides? And then if you would like prayer, go ahead and connect with them. Final closing thoughts before we go on to our day? All right. Yeah, Jesus, thanks for your goodness, for a touch from you, for encountering you, that you care, that you have life for us. Would you continue to speak to us throughout the day that this would not be the highlight or the, this would not be the, the high point of our day, but we would continue on with this posture of being enveloped in your presence. Thank you that you're in every single aspect of our lives. So as we go forward, may we live and continue in that awareness. Amen. Yeah, so we have a few people that would love to pray with you. So go ahead and get prayer. Don't feel like you need to carry something in.